0: Welcome, welcome to the Heads Together Podcast. I feel like that was quite gentle and soft and lovely jazzy. And the reason for that is that I am being joined on the podcast today by the amazing and wonderful Roz Clark. Roz is like one of my new besties we have so much in common. We actually met on LinkedIn. And since then, we've spoken, we found out how much we have in common. We're both coaches. We are both mums to autistic young men. And so we have that in common that we like to talk about. But mostly we share a really common outlook when it comes to coaching, when it comes to empowering women, when it comes to lifting women, to hire things together. She's a transformational coach. She works with high network worth female clients who are feeling trapped in the lives that they've created. She is actually known as the dream doula, which I don't know about you, but I think is the most fantastic name. As we talk today, you'll see it just literally could not be a better description or metaphor for what Woz does. She absolutely empowers women to be their true and authentic selves as they give birth to their dreams. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. It's not an interview. It's genuinely is just a beautiful conversation and I think you're going to really enjoy it. So let's dive in. Welcome, welcome to the Heads Together podcast. I'm Jill Mokes, and I am obsessed with cutting through the noise when it comes to growing your business. Each week, via intimate coaching conversations and inspirational stories, I share what it really takes to get the results you want in a way that feels right to you. I am all about attracting higher ticket opportunities, building authentic relationships, and creating the abundant, full-fat version of your dream business. I mean, how many of us have beavered away creating a light version of what we really want? The thing is, I honestly believe when you're outstanding at what you do, there is no limit to what you can achieve. So, are you ready to put our heads together and make it happen? Let's go. So much for joining me.
1: Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've been really looking forward to this conversation.
0: Oh my goodness, me too. I was thinking before we came on to record today about how we kind of came into each other's worlds, and it was actually through LinkedIn, wasn't it? So for all those people out there who are saying that LinkedIn isn't great for
1: relationship building, it's not true, is it? Was I totally agree? You know, if you come authentically. That's just how we connected. And then it was like, oh, gosh, we have this in common. We have that in common. So, yeah, if you come out there authentically, I think that you draw your tribe. You attract those people who are aligned with who you are. Right. I could
0: not agree more. And we found out that we have a ton in common, which we were just talking about before we came on, because Roz and I are both moms of autistic young men. And both of us have those as our pride and joys which is so nice. You know, it's lovely to just have that in common because I don't know, we don't get that often to speak to someone who's had the same experience, do we? So it's something that I've really enjoyed our conversations about that too.
1: Yeah, as did I. And it's just so much fun to, because so many people, and we kind of touched on this at one point, so many people are like, oh, and no, for us, it's like, well, my guy does this and my guy does that. And, and, and we can laugh and we can enjoy, you know, because they're amazing human beings.
0: Yes, honestly. I think I said to you, didn't I, that when James was little, my dad would look at him and say, oh, breaks my heart when I look at that boy. And I used to look at my dad and say, dad, why? He's robustly healthy, happy. (laughs) But yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Sometimes people don't get it. (laughs) Well, Roz, I have been really looking forward to this conversation today because I am utterly captivated by what you do for a start. And I mean, we're both coaches. We work in similar spheres. You know, we help people create the lives I create businesses, lives people want. But you position yourself as the dream doula, which just ever since I first read that has captivated me. Can you just share with us a little bit about how that name came into being and what it means, you know, what you do with your clients?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my foundational belief is that our dreams are the roadmap to our destiny. So we're born like pre-programmed to do, be, or become something that's amazing. And so many times we lose that through life and through conforming and through not showing up fully and authentically as ourselves, you know, because sometimes, especially dreamers, society's like, oh my gosh, no, you can't do that. Or your family's like, no, get your head out of the clouds or whatever that is. And yet we're living our lives that are not true to ourselves. And we're like, we're pregnant with possibility. That's really what it comes down to. We are pregnant with possibility. And sometimes we just need somebody to help us, you know, to help us to breathe, to help us to push when we need to push, to help us to trust and just go through that process of becoming who we were put here to be.
0: Oh my goodness. The whole doula metaphor really for what you do is so perfect. As you were saying those words, you know, just helping you to breathe and push forward and become the person you want to be with the life that you want to build for yourself. I think it it is birthing, it is giving birth to the authentic you. So I I just really love the whole metaphor of that. Ross, tell me about the kind of women that you work with and the common things that tend to come up time and time again that you help them with?
1: So that's a really great question. I tend to attract high net worth women who feel trapped in the lives that they've created. They've checked all the boxes, gotten the red bottom shoes, done all of that EIEIO. And yet there's a part of them that feels empty, that feels frustrated, in many cases feels unseen and unheard. And part of it is because they're not Fully integrating all of who they are into their lives. So while I'm not telling people you have to blow up your life by any means, what I'm really encouraging women to do is to reconnect with that still small voice, reconnect with that thing that brings you joy, that just lights you up, that just the idea of it wakes you up. And you're, you know, like again, coming back to that dream. That's why I always come back to dreams. And so as we live, more authentically, true to who we are, true to that part of us that's always wanted to be whatever that was. You know, like, i I'm just always knew. Like for me, I ended up being a performer. That's where I started. My dream as a young girl growing up in a working class, blue collar neighborhood in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania was to be a performer. And so that's a big dream coming from a small place like that. And yet I knew that that was for me. And I ended up turning 21 in Paris singing with a classical choir because I kept leaning into my dreams and then life happened. You know, I thought I was on track to have an international career. And then I came back to the States, got married. My second son, his diagnosis of autism is also complicated with seizure disorder. And so that changed everything. And while I love, love, love the journey In the journey, I ended up walking away from a marriage after 30 years because here I was like, okay, I'm going to be the one. I'm going to handle it. I'm going to do all of these things. And yet I lost that girl who was 21. In some ways I lost that dreamer. So I was pouring into everybody else to live their dream. And yet I had forgotten about living mine.
0: And that is something that happens to women so often, isn't it? You start off with a dream that we have. And then suddenly it morphs into what our parents want us to do. And then it morphs into what our husbands or partners want to do. And then it morphs into what our kids need or want from us. And we keep getting more and more lost from where our dreams are, I guess.
1: Exactly. So in me going through that process, of reclaiming all of who I am because the marriage turned toxic and dysfunctional. And so I literally had to escape and yet continuing to show up, continuing to show up with joy and vibrancy and purpose, because that's my inherent nature. And in doing that, just my my presence and my content and how I shared online, there were women that were like, "Oh my gosh, she gets me. Oh my gosh, I want some of that, you know, And so again, back to your point about LinkedIn, so many women have reached out to me just because of what they've heard me speak about or even how I do pictures, you know, like I don't follow the LinkedIn rules, like no emojis." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> So there are those women who are doing great things, but they feel like they don't have any freedom to be themselves. And so that's how they're attracted to me. And then my work is just really all about helping them reconnect with that joyful dreamer that they were at one time.
0: Yeah. And is this a male-female thing? I don't know. I'm genuinely asking the question. But about this struggle to show up authentically as ourselves. I think it is more common with women than men. And I'd love to know what your take is on why we struggle with that. It's something I struggled with for years. I often tell the story of how when I started my first business, I blocked everyone that I knew from social media because I was so self-conscious about showing up and I was so terrified of them saying, you know, who does she think she What does she know about business? What does she know about? And so rather than be kind of loud and proud and authentic about what I was doing, I blocked them all. I didn't want anyone to see what I was doing. And it's taken me years really to get to a place now where I can absolutely give my opinions and just be authentically who I am, genuine opinions. I can't, I'm not a chameleon anymore that flips from one personality with one to another personality with another. But it's been a struggle, definitely. I'd love to know your take on why as women, why do we struggle with that so much?
1: I think that it's a couple of things. I think that we are inherently nurturers. I can speak from personal experience. I'm also a rescuer. We're fixers. Yes, she said. I've got my hand up.
0: That's not a great move on a podcast, but for for those think I have my hand up. As soon as Rod said I'm a a rescuer, that's the word, rescuer.
1: Yeah, that's me. We don't see ourselves. We just are automatically that. That's how we show up in the world again. I believe that there is an inherent nature in us that says, oh, let me love it. And if I can love it, I can love it into what it's supposed to be. Or, oh, let me fix it and I can fix it into what it's supposed to be. And we carry that not only in, in relationships, we even carry it into our work. You know, because like a lot of the C-suite women that I work with, of course, they're dealing with fragile male egos. And so there's a way in which women have to even navigate the business world in a way that doesn't make them feel too aggressive. Or like there's this whole conversation around right now around masculine women. And I'm like, what the hell is that? You know, and it's not that we're masculine, being assertive. We may get called masculine because we are assertive. We may be called masculine because we're sure of ourselves, that we're confident, that we're strong because there's a idea that says, no, you're a girl. And so you don't get to be that. And what I will say, though, interestingly enough yes, I deal with women. Yes, I am a woman. Yes, it does come up for women. But because I grew up um, as an athlete and an entertainer, men have another version of it because for a lot of men, they're called on to be hypermasculine. It's like almost the reverse, you know, so that if a man is gentle and creative or loving or kind, it's like, oh, they're soft. We play these roles based upon the general definitions that, that the world holds. And I heard the best quote yesterday. I do a morning practice of listening to podcasts. And one person, I can't remember who it was, and they said, the standard of the world is set up for mediocrity. Ooh. The standard of the world is set up for mediocrity.
0: Oh, that really resonates so much because it is. Don't be too quiet. Don't be too loud.
1: Don't be too confident. Don't be too timid. You know, it's so true. And if you believe, which I do, Les Brown says all the time, you've got greatness in you. I believe the greatness is in our DNA. I believe that each one of us has a particular mission and calling. It's just that there are there very very few who are brave enough to live into it. And as soon as you're ready to live into it, you're busting things wide open and you know like the term you're a disruptor. And so you're disrupting the mediocre status quo to come into your greatness. So there's a whole lot Of things to come into that. And so if you think about it, going back to the metaphor of giving birth to your dreams, that you're in this comfortable sack, you're in this comfortable thing, and then you have to kick it, open it up, and then come through to who you're called to be. You know, and that's a lot of work. And it can be scary for some people.
0: Yeah, I think it is absolutely scary, but so bloody worth it. I think... What you just said about disrupting that mediocre status quo. And everyone has the ability inside them to do that. Everyone has the greatness, like you say, in their DNA, which I completely agree with. I completely agree with. I think the hard thing for some women is there's two things. I think it's first of all, really knowing what their greatness is or could be. Because I think we lose touch so much with our dreams that we almost lose sight of what it is that we love, what we are passionate about, what our destiny might be. I think we we completely lose touch with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, it goes back to, like I said, our dreams are the roadmap to our destiny. So, and a lot of the work that I do is going back to like, even just a really simple exercise that you can do is like, when you look back at your life as a young person, and you can even ask people like your friends and family who knew you, what were you interested in? What were you always doing? What kind of person were you? That when you were free to just be you, who were you? And that will inform really what you're called to be. And again, like I said, you don't have to blow up your life. And yet it is so important to incorporate that back into how you're living, how you're showing up. Because my goal and my client's goals is to live a lifestyle that is aligned with who they are. So many times we build our lives around our business instead of building our business around our lifestyle.
0: So true. So true. And this is why so many of the women I work with are pivoting their businesses because they started the wrong business. They started a business that was a hangover from a time when they were living in accordance with someone else's desires and and dreams. You're absolutely right. Once they find that courage to step into who they really are and claim for themselves the life that they want they realize that that business isn't right for them. They need to realign with what they actually love, with what their values are, not those that have been kind of handed to them. So there's so much alignment here between us because it just resonates so much. The question that's coming up for me, I suppose, is how do these women find the courage? How do we get the courage to make changes in our lives? I take your point about, you know, you're not saying you've got to blow up your whole life, but I think any And I'm going to call them life-changing decisions because that's what these are, aren't they? Some are on a greater or lesser level. They are life-changing decisions when you are making a decision to live more aligned.
1: How do women get the courage to do that? I think that it happens in community. I really do. I think that we as women have to, some of us start as the example. You know what I'm saying? So how we show up on social media, how we show up, and I'm not talking about filtered social media. I'm talking about, you know, the, oh man, you know, this is a hot mess and this is the day that I had and I'm still going. So when we can show up that way authentically, when we can share Not only our successes, but we can share our vulnerabilities. We can share our failures because I say all the time, failure is just information. So when we begin as women to create a culture and a community where it is safe to come and be all of who we are and where it is safe to celebrate another woman, like, you know, you could easily say, I'm a coach. I'm not having any other coaches on my show because this is what I do. And yet, what you're saying is, I am building a community of women who think like me, women who have the same goals as I do, women who have the same passion for other women so that we can show up for each other and celebrate each other and support each other. Like you are creating a community. You are creating a conversation that allows women to be who we want to be. And that's what we have to do. We have to model it in front of the ones who aren't brave enough yet and let them know that it's going to be okay. I think that that's the biggest, biggest thing that we can do as women.
0: Oh my goodness. That's made me feel quite emotional actually, because you are so right. Those of us who have the ability to share a platform, a space, a conversation, whatever it is, with someone who is on at their stage of the journey, that's precious. That's really precious. And I completely agree with you. I think that I'm really careful about maintaining a mentality of abundance around sharing this platform, the podcast or any other space, social media, whatever, with cheering on other coaches. And the minute we start feeling like we're fighting for the same clients is the minute that we go small. We pull back, we become possessive, we shrink down. I find that so upsetting and and I I see it happening, particularly in social media world. I think, yeah, there's definitely a, a trap people fall into with that. And you're right. It's, the community that we have, the opportunity rather to build together as coaches, as women, as women, because it isn't really to do with us being coaches, is it? It's about having these really important conversations.
1: Yes. And it's, it's interesting to your point. Somebody just reached out to me yesterday and it was like, help me. That's literally, you know, what they were saying. And I was like, well, what is it that you need? And they were like, I want to have more meaningful conversations. I want to have impact. I don't want to have small talk. I really want to talk about things that matter. So how can we not share with each other? How can we not talk to each other? You know, how can I not say, Jill, I got this client. I don't know how to help her in this area. You know, what do you think? And there comes a time too that there's some things I need to hand my clients off to. Yes. Do I know how to build a business? Yeah, I do. I really want to give women the foundation, you know, like I can help them through the process. And yet the first step is getting the strength and the confidence and the courage to step into their greatness. And so I can send them to somebody else who can teach them how to build a funnel. I can send them to somebody else who can help them do a social media plan. And yet if I give them the foundation And then hand them off to somebody who has another degree of expertise. Because if if I take you on as a client, it means that I want to see you succeed. And if I want to see you succeed, I have to step back in the places that I'm either not strong at or I'm not interested in doing. You know, because sometimes just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. So when I show up for my community, I show up for my tribe, I show up for my clients, I'm showing up saying, look, there's a ton of other people in my network who are amazing and I want you to be exposed to them as well.
0: Oh, I love that. And just that last piece you said there, there's a ton of other people in my network and I want you to be exposed to them too, because it isn't just about being generous with our time is it. it's about being generous and introducing people into our circles, welcoming people and helping them widen their circle. And I've always said that I don't think I ever actively chased followers. I don't think I've ever had my eye on that ball of the size of my circle or anything like that. It's always been one relationship at a time. And for me, that is really the the key, the crux of it. When I'm having this conversation with you, that's all I'm focused on is us having this conversation. And how can we help each other? And who else is there in our circle that we can bring in that you could help or that I could help? And that's a true spirit of abundance, I think, which sometimes people get. Confused over. They get confused around, well, but you know, you told me to have this abundance mindset. So does that mean I shouldn't be charging for what I do? And that kind <laughs> of it, you know, no, 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 very different thing. It's something that people talk about a lot and don't actually embody much. And I think if we could all work on embodying this abundance a lot more. It would make such an incredible difference to all of our lives and certainly all of our businesses because I don't think my business really started to take off until I did crack being very authentically me, very real in relationship building. That was when my business took off, for sure. I think all the time before that, when I was listening to the gurus and and people out there telling me about, you know, just create a digital course and you could retire the next week. (laughs) That, That now seems like a lifetime away for me when I was sitting on my commuter train to London, listening to podcasts about that, which just wasn't real at all. So I thank you for that because I think people need to hear what the true spirit of
1: abundance can do for you. I love how you refer back to abundance and, and two words that you use a lot. And I think that's why we're so tapped in. You use abundance and alignment. Those are two words that actually do go hand in hand, because if you are in alignment with what your gift and your calling is, abundance will come. Yes. It's really like that, if there's a XYZ formula, that's sort of
0: it. You know what? I think that's what I was trying to say. And you just said it so much better. That is spot on.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and people think that when we talk about abundance, it's like, woo, woo. And actually it's, it's woo woo. Like this is so powerful. This is so real. This is so obtainable and it doesn't mean, and it goes back to being authentic. So I can also have that day. You know, I'll never forget during COVID, I ended up sheltering in place. I had already left my marriage and my son's father went ghost during COVID. And so I'm sheltering in place and he had some complications. His seizures were Escalating during this time. I was trying to not go into a hospital and whatever. And so, on one particular day, like I did lives on a regular basis. And on one particular day, and this actually makes me tear up, mm. he had a seizure right before I was supposed to go live. Oh, Ross. And so, I got him situated and I said, you know what? I'm telling people that they can make it. I'm telling people that they can do it. And so I am going to go on. And I kid you not, I went on with my face like half made up. So I had half a face and I went on and I I told the camera and I told my tribe, this is what life looks like when you have a son on the spectrum was diagnosed with seizure disorder. This is my life right now. This is what I look like. and This is what happened, but I'm here. So, I showed up, and I'm here. I think that's just incredible.
0: I really do,
1: and yet embracing the imperfection the imperfection of having half a face on the imperfection of this is really hard because I think that's the other thing sometimes when we do this whole online thing. It's always rainbows and unicorns. it's all so easy,
0: isn't it? you know, and if like it- you said,
1: make a funnel and be a millionaire tomorrow, and yet if we can show up and say today was really difficult and yet i'm here yeah i'm here cuz you matter i'm here cuz i matter but i'm here cuz you matter and so we can keep going i think that that is the part that allows us to create a real community like you were talking earlier we have a real conversation a real connection we can be all of who we are and in that weak moment to have now, you know, I have a fellow coach and friend, I'd like to say, that that has somebody who understands my journey. And so that if I have to reach out, Jill, today was that day.
0: Oh, I hope you would. I do hope you would.
1: So yeah, I'm grateful for that. And I think that's how we make a difference. That's how we empower women with great ideas, with good intentions. That's how we're gonna change this world. You know, so when we want to be fixers, let's fix what matters. Oh,
0: that's powerful. Let's fix what matters. Yeah, let's
1: fix what matters. And let's support those who are ready to go. You know, I spent 30 years. It's not wasted. I learned my lesson. You know, I did everything that I needed to do and I honored the experience. And yet I was trying to drag somebody into their greatness instead of focusing on the people who were coming to me saying, I'm ready. Now, that's huge. That's huge for me. So coming back to the
0: women that you work with, oh, that really resonates for me that these are women who they need to at least be ready to put their hand up and claim it, don't they?
1: Yeah. And you can put your hand up. Maya Angelou said one time, she said, and I'm paraphrasing, she said, use your voice. And she said, speak Even if your voice is shaking, just speak. And so you don't have to have it figured out. You got to be brave enough to raise your hand because nobody's going to spoon feed it to you. And even if you raise your hand and say, I don't know where in the world to start. I know I want something different. I know I want something more. I know I'm called to greater. I have no idea where to start. And yet I want to do that. That's the conversation. And then that's when we bring our expertise to them. That's when we say, okay, not only I've got you, I will walk alongside you. I will support you. I will celebrate you. And I will push you because I'm not going to let you get stuck in your story. Yeah. You know, I'm going to love you through it. And yet I'm not going to let you get stuck in your story. So let's go.
0: Yeah. Oh, I walk alongside you and I'm not going to let you get stuck. I am going to push you. That is incredibly important because we're not just cheerleaders as coaches. We're not cheerleaders. Some of the conversations we have to have have to be hard conversations. I think that that's where the true love for coaching comes in. If you really love coaching and the most important thing to you is your clients getting the results they want, then you'll push yourself to have those difficult conversations. And it is from that place of love, isn't it? Because it matters to us. It matters to us that our clients get there.
1: Yeah, because if it doesn't, why are we doing it? And I mean, and I know the answer because there are some that are doing it because it's like, because broken people will pay. You know, there's some people who are taking advantage of that. And yet, if again, if we're really a heart center coach, because we throw around these titles all the time. And yet, if we really break down, I am a heart-centered coach. I I have a heart for people. I have a love for people. And again, it's not only my love for my client, it is my love for how my client is going to impact the world. Because there's people that they can touch that neither you nor I can. We just have to get them to the place that they can find their tribe, and start putting their goodness and their greatness into the world. That, to me, is the honor of being a coach. And that is how you show up with integrity, being a coach. And like you were saying, we don't need a million people. You know, we don't need tens of thousands of followers. We need to show up authentically for our tribe. We need to show up authentically for the people who have raised their hands and reached out and said, Jill, you're my coach. Raj, you're my coach. And we say back to them, we've got you. That's it. And we will get you to where you need to be. And what we are going to hold you accountable for once we get you there is how we showed up for you. We expect you to show up for others.
0: Yep. That's the paying it forward. That's the ripple effect, isn't it? When people talk about the impact that they want to make. And um, you just summed up how I feel about it. That's truly having an impact. The impact isn't just the person that we coach. It's the impact that they go on to have and the yeah. people that they impact. So I really, really love that reminder. I just, I could talk to you literally all day. I really, really could. I think you are one of the most generous Spirited women, I just love talking to you. I really do.
1: Thank you. It's my joy. And I knew this conversation was going to go this way just because I knew who you were.
0: Oh, me too. I I did too. Absolutely. I would love to be able to share. with. There's there's going to be women listening who are listening to you talking, and this is really hitting them in the feels. This is really resonating with them. These are women who... Maybe they listen to business podcasts like this one, but actually it's not right on their radar yet. They listen to it like I did all those years ago on a commuter train, listening to business podcasts, thinking that will be me one day. Right. And I think there are a lot of women listening who want to make big changes in their lives or big pivots or big decisions and they're feeling stuck. They don't know where to start. They want to raise their hand, but they don't know what that first move is. I would love those women to be able to reach out to you. And how can they best do that? And I'm going to put any of the links that you've shared with me, obviously, I'm going to put in the show notes. But for the purposes of those just kind of listening in now, what's the best way? Where can they best find you?
1: My social media handle is Roz, R-O-Z, Roz Divination all one word. I am ubiquitous, and, and so I will put them in, in order. Interestingly enough, my presence on TikTok is really stepping up right now. I'm new there, and yet I love the platform. I'm sharing a lot of information. And literally today, we were talking about it earlier, I did a, a post today on having the difficult conversation. Yeah. So uh, I just posted that on TikTok. So it's Roz Divination, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram. And of course, Facebook. So those are my five areas. I'm out a lot. I share a ton of content. And then if you were to DM me, the best place to DM me would probably be on Instagram. I'm going to be able to get back to you quicker on Instagram than any place else. So you can always find me at Roz Divination, send me a DM. I respond to all of my things directly. If you comment, if you touch me, whatever, I'm going to touch back. So if you want to reach out to me, I will definitely respond to you.
0: I love that. If you're listening and you you identify with that and you need an incredible doula to help you birth the big dreams for your life, then I would highly recommend reaching out to Roz and consuming some of her amazing content. Roz shared with me a clip of her performing as well. And she's just amazing in every way. So Roz, thank you so much for being with me today. I, like I say, I've really enjoyed this conversation.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. I so enjoyed it. And I look forward to many, many more. Thank you for who you are and how you show up in the world. And thank you for allowing me to share your space. That's
0: lovely. Thank you. Bye for now. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that getting our heads together this week has filled your mind with what's possible. If you love the show, would you do me a massive favor, please? Would you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts? It would really help you put more heads together, reach more ears, and expand more minds. Until next week, bye for now.